Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Today we're continuing to look at Psalm 1. This is part 4. And if you've missed the previous three, you can certainly listen to this one first. But I would encourage you for greater context and a deeper insight of the psalm that you go back and listen to the previous podcasts as well. Our main focus today is going to be on verse 3. But to give context, I'm going to just read the first three verses. So Psalm 1 and verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. A key lesson for us to learn here is to choose a source that is consistent. How many of you know that if that tree in this passage was planted by a water source that was inconsistent, that its leaf wouldn't always be green. It wouldn't always be able to be fruitful in season. We also need to choose a source that is consistent, reliable, trustworthy, pure, and life-giving. And the quality of all water is not equal. The quality of the water that we cook with and drink is in direct correlation with the quality of our health. I remember watching a movie some years ago about a town in America that suddenly discovered that their water source was contaminated and it had terrible consequences for their health. In my own city in which we live, we've had a problem with water shortages and it's affected the whole city. As a matter of fact, when I grappled this problem, one day they suddenly made the announcement that the city had hit day zero and there was no further water supply and many areas in our city went completely without water for a couple of days and I realized that my water source was also directly linked to my catchment area. So I figured, hey, you know what, there's something that I can do instead of waiting and relying upon the city to make a plan. And so I rerouted all the gutters of my house into a big underground reservoir. And not only that, but then I made preparation to make sure that the Uh, quality of the water that I actually caught in the reservoir was going to be suitable for the daily use of the family. So we got up and we high pressure cleaned um, the gutters and we put um, leaf catchers on the downpipes to make sure that any leaves and other sediments didn't go through into the reservoir. And then we completely sealed the reservoir off properly And then we put a three-stage filtration system so that even once the water was pumped out of the reservoir before it came into the house, that it was 
properly filtered to improve the quality for the whole family. And even then, then the drinking water went through a separate filtration phase with UV light to make sure that there were no nasties in it. And why am I telling you this story? <laughs> no, it's not to boast about my water supply system for my house. There's a lesson here, I think, for all of us as well, because what is the source for all of us? Well, the reality is that we are affected by the people around us, the circumstances around us, the culture around us, the world in which we live. And just like I spoke about putting various filters in place to make sure that the quality of the water was good for our family, we need filters in place to protect the source in our lives, the, to protect our hearts, to protect our minds, because there's so much in the world that can contaminate our hearts, that can contaminate our thinking, and that can cause us to be confused or down or depressed or hopeless. But if we're looking to Jesus as our source, if we're using the Word of God as a filter for all the thoughts and ideas and corrupt values that are in the world, then we can make sure that what is feeding our hearts and our mind is pure and is actually going to be beneficial to our spiritual and mental uh, well-being. And it's going to produce... Um, health in our spiritual lives just like uh, physical water if it's pure and healthy is going to produce health in our bodies so to go back to the illustration of the the catchment area that i to uh, make use of i've also realized as i've, I've observed uh, my own life um, with regard to my walking with god and the lives of other believers as well that the reality is that the rain that was had been falling for years, um, I had not caught and not been able to make use of that water as a result. I just hadn't planned properly and hadn't put the necessary um, steps in place so that that water could be harvested and used at a later stage. And the same is true of our lives as well. You know, sometimes we find due to the drain that is placed upon us um, in life because of the demands that are placed upon our time, energy and resources and the people around us and the challenges and difficulties that we all face in life that sometimes we all of a sudden find ourselves feeling empty. And we have to put a plan in place to make sure that our catchment area is right. And of course, we do that by looking to God. And this uh, psalm paints this beautiful picture of this person who's like a tree planted by streams of water. And I just want to say that doesn't happen in our lives by accident. It happens by choice. And in fact, we get to choose where we are planted. And we all want the end part of the verse, um, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. But you know, we can't take a shortcut to get there in our lives. If we want to live in that place, and of course we all do, then we've got to say, what are the lessons that we have to learn through the psalm that we have to put into place? What is the action plan that the quality of the water, the quality of the life um, that we get from God is being 
uh, activated and uh, is feeding our spirits. Okay, let me move on. <laughs> I don't know if you realize, but there's a parallel passage for uh, Psalm 1, and it comes from Jeremiah 17 and verse 7. So I'm going to read this for you now. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. And I just want to say, I feel that this word is for someone in particular today, as you heard me say that. And it says, and will not fear when heat comes. Yes, we all feel the heat sometimes in life. And someone listening to this is going, I'm just going through it right now. Life is so intense. It's so hectic. And I just don't know how to get over, around, or through some of the difficulties and the challenges that I'm facing. I want to say to you, my friend, today, this verse is to encourage your heart. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord, even though you may not understand how you're going to get over, around, or through. God does. He's made a plan for you. Put your hope in the Lord. Because the word of God says that that person who does that will be like a tree planted by the waters. God's got a source for you. He has provision for you. God has already made a way. You need to tap into him. Don't walk in fear. The verse goes on to say, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease yielding its fruit. And I know many people around the world have felt this year in particular that it's been like a year of drought because so much of our lives have been disrupted. And that includes our jobs and our careers and our income and our, our plans on so many levels. And, you know, it's felt like a year of drought. But the word says here that this person, this blessed person will not be anxious in the year of drought. Why? Well, because this person knows where their source is. It, this person knows whom their source is. When we're tapping into the life-giving power of God that we know is consistent, reliable, dependable, and always available, we don't have to be anxious regardless of what is going on around us. We can continue to walk in the favor of and the blessing of God. The end of this passage reads, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And I want to talk about that, because it can almost seem to be a bit jarring in the context of the rest of this passage. But, you know, it's really important that we understand why it's there. And once you do, I really believe it's going to actually encourage you. So let's not be dismayed by that statement. The purpose of this verse is actually to redirect our focus and to teach us the power of the resurrection life of God. It's the same spiritual truth that we actually learn through baptism. So I'd like to read for you from Ezekiel 36 and verse 25. It says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. 
I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. And the Message Bible says, a heart that is God-willed, not self-willed. Okay, so now we're getting to the bottom of what that passage was all about. It continues to say, and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. The thing is, we live in this place where our spirits are alive to God if we've made Jesus our Lord and Savior and we've placed our faith in Him. But we still deal with our old way of thinking, our mind, will, and emotions. And that's got to be made new according to the Word of God. It needs to be transformed. So there's a spiritual discipline that comes in here. And that is to keep our focus and to train our minds to be focused on the truth of God's Word. The reality is God is looking for transformation. God didn't just try and improve the old, hard, cold, stone hearts. He replaced it with a new heart. God's not looking for a system of incremental self-improvement from us. And how easy is it for each of us to fall into that trap, even with the best of intentions? And all of a sudden we realize that life feels so hard at different times when we're going through tests and trials and difficulties. And we get so caught up in the, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And we need to stop when we get into that place. And we need to train ourselves to redirect our focus. The problem is, if we stay in that place, we can get so easily into a place of being anxious or fearful and get trapped in a place of worry. And what happens? Well, instead of having a life-giving source, we end up feeling drained and discouraged. Don't look to the old heart. We have to look to the life that God has now placed within us. Remember, God has said that the old is gone. The new is here. God's not looking for um, selfish ambition. He's looking for transformation. God's not looking for a comfort station. He's looking for transformation. <laughs> yes, sometimes people come to God looking for comfort. But how many of you know that you don't grow when you stay in your comfort zone? You, st you grow most when you step out of your comfort zone. And we have to be willing to put our faith to work and to step out of our comfort zone to be obedient to God. God's looking for transformation, not a donation. Yes, that sounds funny, but the thing is, God's not looking for us just to give, oh, well, I'll just give a little bit of this to God and a little bit of that. I'll give a little bit of my time. I'll give a little bit of my money. Uh, no, God's not looking for a donation. He's looking for you to give your whole life, your whole heart to Him.
God's looking for transformation, not condemnation. Yeah, that's right. Again, it sounds funny, but how many Christians do you know, maybe you even identify with just yourself, that the more you learn about God and His Word and His ways, the more you become so aware of your own shortcomings and you just end up feeling condemned. But God doesn't want you to stay in a place of condemnation because the reality is that you are redeemed, that you are forgiven. When God forgave you, He forgave your sins past, present and future. He redeemed your entire life. God wants you to live in a place of freedom in Him. God's looking for transformation, not agitation. Man, it seems like more than ever in the world, there are so many people who are agitated. It doesn't matter if you're listening to the news on the radio or reading the news online. There's just a constant source of agitation in the world and contempt uh, from one person to another. Don't get trapped about falling into that place of agitation as well. I've even spoken to um, people that I know well, and we're talking about you know current affairs and what's going on in the world. And man, it's just it's, it's crazy how quickly people can get trapped in that place of agitation. Yes, it can be frustrating for us to see some of the wrong things that go on and the injustices in the world. But we can't live in that place or allow it to influence our internal well-being. Remember, live out of a place of transformation. Live out of a place of the new man. In place of agitation, learn to be content in God and to live out of a place of thanksgiving and cultivate an attitude of gratitude. God's looking for transformation, not palpitation. Man, I heard of someone the other day who didn't feel quite well and he went to the doctor and he thought he had um, a bit of indigestion and the doctor thankfully decided to do some tests and put him on an ECG machine and all of a sudden they realized while the guy was in the doctor's offices and getting the test done that he was actually having a heart attack. And I don't know if this was the case, but we do know for sure that stress is not good for us and it's certainly not good for our hearts. And if we live in a place of the transformation that God gives, God can cause us to walk in a place of peace. God can cause us to walk in a place of joy. And the world wants to steal that. And it can happen so easily. And, you know, yes, we can all give a dozen reasons or more, you know, why uh, we are stressed or worn out or burnt out. But if that's our focus, what quality of life are we going to have? What source are we drawing from? I don't want to draw from that source. I want to live according to God's ways, God's word, and draw from the spirit of life. God's looking for transformation, not for us to live in temptation. Don't live in all the have-nots and in the lusts of the world. Live the transformed life that God is calling you and I to live and that God has in store for us and it's going to be so much more fulfilling than anything that the world can offer. When we choose transformation, we actually have no choice 
but to put God's word first, to live by faith and to rely daily on the power of the Holy Spirit. That's because we can't do it on our own. It means we have to surrender ourselves to God. And that's where transformation starts. Transformation is not about you and I trying harder. Transformation is about humbling ourselves before God. It's about acknowledging God, honoring Him, thanking Him for what He has done and allowing Him to lead us and guide us and empower us. I'd like to read for you from John chapter 4 where Jesus meets with a Samaritan woman at the well. And I'm going to pick up in verse 10 and read for you from the Message Bible. It says, The woman said, Sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with, and this well is deep. So how are you going to get this living water? Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it? He and his sons and livestock and passed it down to us? Jesus answered, If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. I love that phrase, the way it's put in the Message Bible. If you knew the generosity of God and who I am. So many times I've heard people talk as if God is withholding something from them, as if God is hard, as if God doesn't want to listen, doesn't want to bless them, as if he doesn't answer. My friend, I want to say to you today, in the words of this passage, if you knew the generosity of God, God's heart is towards you, just like God's heart is toward anyone and everyone who turns toward him in faith and asks and reaches out to him. God is for you, not against you. In this psalm, in Psalm 1, that is, we're given the analogy of the roots of the tree that draw from the river. But in John 4, the analogy starts out as the bucket that's used to draw the water. But then Jesus gets real practical and says that we should just ask. So I'd like to merge these two from this John 4 passage and say this, that we draw on the life of God by getting our eyes, our hands, and our hearts connected with the Word of God. And this starts with the prayer of faith. Just as we have to drink fresh water every day, we have to draw on the life of Jesus by faith every day. I know it can be tempting to think, well, ah, my life is so hectic and I've got children, and I've got work and I've got so many duties and responsibilities and it's hard to set time aside, you know, to spend time in worship and in prayer and in reading God's word. But if I said to you, uh, look, I know your life is busy and there's probably days that, you know, you just go without drinking water, right? Because your life is so busy, you would laugh and go, that's ridiculous. I, I drink water, I have to drink water, I know I need water and therefore I drink it because I get thirsty and... Uh, hello? Don't we need the life of God in our lives even more than we need the physical water that we drink? There's a good reason why the analogy is given 
of water is being like the life that God gives to us. Just like we know we have to stop and drink water, we know that we have to stop. We have to hit the pause button in our lives in order to draw on the life of God. It's one of the hardest disciplines actually for us as believers. And I think just in the world in general, there is so much to distract us and to occupy our time that it's a real discipline to stop and to put down our phones, to switch off our phones, maybe stick it in airplane mode if you have to, put the jolly thing screen down so you can't even look at it. Take time out just to be prayerful before God and take a verse or a passage and just read it through. Just be praying it as you read it. Just be worshipping God. Just be thanking Him. And just connecting with the life of God so that you can get recharged and refreshed and refilled. Jesus said, Everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of every of endless life. The contrast here is between what satisfies and what does not, what is temporary and what is eternal. Do you know, if you're plugged into the wrong source, you're going to feel drained. But if you're plugged into Jesus, you'll always be full to overflowing. God's river of life never runs dry. It's always full, always fresh, always meets every need, and is always available. No matter who you are, where you are, or what need you are facing. The resources of heaven are more than enough. We just have to look to Jesus and activate our faith. And I'd invite you now just to pause with me and let's activate our faith and say that together. The resources of heaven are more than enough. Go ahead and say it after me. The resources of heaven are more than enough. God sees, God knows, and He's already made provision for me. For my health, for my business, for my marriage, for my family. Jesus is more than enough. Jesus, you are more than enough. Jesus, I look to you right now. And I thank you for being with me. I thank you for the wisdom and strength that I need for today. I thank you, Lord, that you have made a way for me. I thank you, Lord, where I've become distracted that you refocus me now, Lord, and I choose to be planted again, Lord, by those streams of living water. I choose to put away all those other things that have been draining on my time, 
energy and resources, those things that have been pulling me down. Lord Jesus, I choose you to focus on your words, on your life. And I thank you that you pick me up, that you lift me up, that you put my feet on solid ground. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you refresh me, that you strengthen me, that you re-energize me. And I ask, Lord, that you speak to me, that you lead me and guide me. You are the great shepherd, Lord Jesus. You are the great I am. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Thank you for your life in Jesus' name. God bless you, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?